just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, Details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. And welcome for 2017 into Do Go On for another cracking year, we hope. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm here with the Kraken legends that are Jess Perkins and Matt Kraken-Stewart. Yeah, you're the Kraken, I'm the legend. Yeah, I, I've long been called Matt Kraken-Stewart. I like it. Yeah. And that is uh, Kraken, K-R-A-K-E, and the monster of the deep. <laughs> yeah. you Release me the Kraken. <laughs> the monster of the deep. Guys, it is a new year. A new us. A new us. I am no longer Dave. I am Jerome. Jerome. Nice to meet you, Jerome. Oh, welcome, Jerome. Thanks for being here. It is really good to have you on the pod. I have legally changed my first name to Bop now, so. The deep pole came through. Yeah, yeah. It came through on December 31st at midnight, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, in many ways, January 1st. January. So, yeah, 2017 is the year of Bop. New year. Hashtag year of Bop. New attitude, I hope. Nah. No, I don't. Yeah, well, it is new, but it's worse. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Release the cracker. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's got a catchphrase now. It's all happening. Yeah. Oh, it's just. My New Year's resolution was to say my catchphrase more. Oh, yeah, great. So, great. yeah, look, keep your eyes peeled for that. Can't well, wait. Your, is it release the kraken? Yeah. That's yeah. what we just said. Oh, my God. His is to listen less. No, no, I just needed to <laughs> confirm. <laughs> Do you have any New Year's resolutions, Dave? Um, New Year's resolutions, resolutions. Probably should have thought of that by now, shouldn't I? Yeah. Um, maybe in a non-funny way, be a bit more fit. Okay. Just for, for a uh, that is not funny at all. I played yeah. a Christmas. Uh, for, it was a Christmas party, but it was a, a cricket game. Yeah, sure. And I, I actually tried pretty hard, mm-hmm. and it was fine. But the next two days, I felt awful. Mm-hmm. Like I was so sore. I. From cricket. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that just made me wake up. You're not young like you used to be. I, yeah. No, a similar thing happened to me. I played a pretty ruthless game of croquet and <laughs> I think I'm still hurting and that was a week ago. Well, so. pulled, pulled a hammy? Yeah. Well, I pulled a, like a, what's that muscle? What's the muscle that does that? I can't, mm, that's not a good gesture that you're doing there to demonstrate what it is. What's that? What's that? <laughs> He's doing what's the thing where you putt the, the ball through the little hoop. Yeah. You croquet. Cro- He's cro- croquet. I'm croquet. It's my oh, croquet muscle. <laughs> That's what it is. He pulled his croquet. I've also got another news resolution, and that is that I, at any um, possible opportunity, I'm going to release the kraken. <laughs> oh, very Which good. sort of pairs nicely with my uh, catchphrase, actually. Yeah, it works because you can yell the catchphrase before doing the, the action. Two birds. Yeah, that's great. Hey, good for you. That's smart. Doing two birds with one stone. <laughs> So to speak. Very good. Very my news resolution once was to be able to lick my own elbow, and I can do that now. So that's yeah. a good news resolution. And it, you know how he did it is by every night he just stretched that muscle and I got closer and closer. Stretch before bed every single night, and I've done that for four years now. So it's been a while. Do you still do it every night? I, 
If I don't do it, I feel terrible. I don't know how people aren't... St- stretch more! That's my message! Stretch! This is the guy who was sore after playing the other cricket. I know. Maybe you're and overstretching. I should have stretched more. More. Might, I think you've stretched too much. Nevertheless. Hey, anyway, let's cheers to the New Year's. Cheers oh, to the New Year's. Oh, cheers to the New Year's. Ooh. Oh, we got beer all over the control panel. Oh, dear. Sparks are flying. We <laughs> are... No, it's great to be here. I, I, I think things are going to be uh, really good in 2017. Look, looking up, across the world, do you think everyone's going to have a better year? Because 2016, so. was, people repeatedly it's talked so, about how bad it was. It's so funny because everyone has been talking about that all week or all year, really. Mm. I've had a great year. <laughs> Me too. Last year, last year was super good. It's the year of the pod. Oh, true. We, yeah, I guess so. We really came into our own, didn't we? Yeah, I, I had a great, like, First nine or ten, not like ten months until you cracked a rib. Until we have had to start praying for you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then just a lot of things just started to go wrong, and I was like, oh, I'm ready for this year to be done. So I'm hoping. So now we're in a new year. How's the rib? Still, it's very oh. sore. Woke up much better, thank you. Yes, I'm all healed. Ever since you've been called Bob. So I'm like, yeah. Officially. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. What? Imagine like a. I know, just doing formal things. It's like, sorry, uh, first name? Bop. One more time? Bop. Bop. How do I spell that? Exactly as it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Bop. 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 How is that hard? Bop. Bop. Oh, that helps. That's great. You can spell Jessica, but you can't spell Bop. Bop. Oh, man. You should change your name by default to that. How? How would you spell that? Bop. Bop. I think you'd need a letter from a different alphabet. Yeah. Uh, like, it's just an exclamation mark, maybe. Maybe it's just B-O, bop. exclamation mark. No, nah, exclamation would be bop. No, that'd be... No, b- no P. No, oh, oh. that would be bop. Bo! Bo! Yeah, and then I'd be like, you pronounce the exclamation mark, you dickhead. Like this. Oh, I couldn't do it. Anyway. Hey, uh, another it's fun. New Everyone, if fun you're at noises. home, try, have a go. Have, no. It's really good fun. Another New Year's resolution of mine is to nip our... Our ever increasing opening bullshit yeah. chat. We've been bullshitting too much. I'm gonna, I'm trying, I'm gonna nip it. Which is uh, unfortunately because my New Year's resolution I've thought about is actually to extend this, and because I am younger than you, I have more time to live. Hopefully, for me, and, um, presumably. So I sort of trump you. So I'd like to keep talking about um, your feelings on global warming, Jess. Okay, here's my thoughts on global warming. Great. I'm excited. Um, I'm really disappointed. Matt then took a sip of his beer and sat back. I really wanted him to interject because I have nothing yes, to say about... Yes, please. I'm going to stop oh, you right now, there. Thank you very on, much. Matt. Oh, Matt, it's always bloody silencing your opinions on the podcast. You're a climate change denier and I'm <laughs> sick of it. Let, I'm turning your mic off. Jess, have a go. Thank you. Back to the question, please. Yeah, so my no, thoughts are... Jess, no, don't. <laughs> please. Nah, honestly, let's get on with the fucking show, Dave. <laughs> Okay, well... Uh, we'll save that for another day, though. I guess I'll have to do a topic on global warming. Please, nobody suggest that. I have known nothing. Please do that. Well, I think, I think you know I one learn. thing. It's, 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 a, it's a relatively bad... Is it? Well, it's all right. <laughs> is that? Jess, I think, I'm pretty sure. Jess's mind is open for moulding. Pretty sure? Uh, look, I'm not a scientist. How much money would you put on it? I'd put all my money on it. Oh, so nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a pretty safe bet for me. You get my debt. <laughs> Woo! All yours. Patreon.com. Um, <laughs> Matt, dude. Well, speaking of Patreon, I believe <laughs> that Matt has uh, got a new topic for us because your topics are now actually listener-voted through Patreon. Yes, that's right. From um, from a couple of... Well, my last topic was the first one, but this one, again, every three weeks or whenever I do a topic, it will go to the vote to the Patreon listeners who I think subscribe for $2 or more a month. 
I mean, pretty rich, to be honest. Mm. I'd say overvaluing um, the right, but it's been really good because people have... Uh, no, no, Matt, you're not very good at uh, selling Patreon. I'll just stop you right there and okay. ask Jess to have a go while simultaneously explaining her thoughts on global warming. Okay. So here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> she wasn't good at doing one of those at a time. No, I gave her two and I broke her other rib <laughs> somehow. I don't know, laughing hurts. No, you're right. It is, it's, I'm saying I mean, $2 over a month is probably... Even I could almost afford that. But yeah, Matt, I... Matt, Matt. Oh, we did have to tell you to stop subscribing to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was bankrupt. Um, <laughs> but he was giving us $1,000 a month, which is weird. It was crazy, yeah. but I was happy. I was I... stealing. I was stealing from my friends. Yeah, to then... You guys, Put actually. back into the podcast. Anyway, so you've put it to the vote and the people have spoken. So this one actually also comes in from uh, the Golden Hat as well, So that which is a, a level of the Patreon you get to guarantee that your topic comes up. And yep. it was by a guy called Alex Cossey, and he he loved our Back to the Future trilogy episode, which was one of my episodes oh, as well. Mate, Thank okay. you. Every now and then someone likes what I do, and it's nice to be appreciated. I always like what you do. Why are you looking I at me when you s- say that? I sometimes that? like what you do. There you go. I'm and your biggest fan. So oh, he... I'm, I'm not your biggest fan, but Jess is. But I picture I'm, you I... on my wall, and I, every, every morning I say, go get him, Maddie. <laughs> I do, yeah, it is true. You do do that. <laughs> and I've got a picture of Jess's wall on my wall. It's, it's, it's very confusing. <laughs> so he, he really liked that episode, and he just asked more broadly that he wanted us to do another movie franchise, right? So I put that to the vote with four suggestions. Mm. So my question to you guys is, without oh. even telling you what the four suggestions are, what do you think our listeners would have voted for as the movie franchise that they oh. would have wanted us to do a topic? Are you going to narrow it down or we just have a go? Do you want me to narrow it down? Uh, no, we can have a guess each. So you've given them four options and they've picked? Yeah, maybe I need to, do I need to narrow it down? Well, I would just maybe Terminator. Terminator, I don't even know. I didn't give that as an option. Indiana Jones. I gave that as an option, but it was not chosen. It's an English one. Long. It's quite a. It's got a long history, over fifty years now in the cinemas. <gasps> oh my god! Is it James Bond? It is James oh Bond. Oh my god! I'm so excited. Oh, yes, an opportunity for me to do my bad Sean Connery accent. Oh my god! Yes, I fucking love James Bond. Me too. And I really wanted to do this as a topic, of, like one day. But I was also like, Jesus, Jess, you've got to do a lot of research because James Bond is huge. This is massive. Yeah. Matt. They, ch- they chose Bond over Jones by a long way, more than half. Oh, awesome. More than half went for. Uh, James Bond, I think second place was Shrek. <laughs> Shrek is great. <laughs> Surely that was your joke, Hans. No, I liked, I liked the idea great. of doing Shrek. It's got a great, because it came from a book as well, similar to James Did Bond. Shrek? Yeah, and it was... Oh, and they had a different actor that Mike Myers replaced. Really? Yeah, the guy had like done like 90... Oh, God, I wish I knew the, the guy's name. He'd done like 80% of the dialogue and then died, so they got Mike Myers. No, I didn't know why? that. I don't know that think either. that the original guy did a Scottish accent. Wow. So yeah, so different. I, I'm pretty sure Mike Myers came up with this. Guy. Anyway, that was that's well, we're that not was, doing that topic. Hey guys, it's going back in the hat because obviously these guys love it. And yeah, I know they something did. about it. Something. Shrek. Also, the uh, I opened up comments on it this time on the poll. Yep. And there were eight comments, and four of the comments were about Shrek, like going, "You got to do Shrek, and you got to talk about specific Shrek things." Awesome. Which is interesting. So the ones who wanted Shrek really yeah, wanted the it. diehards. Yeah, which is cool. Do you die want a diehard in there? That wasn't in there. Oh, no. Do you want to know one of my uh, my fondest memories of Shrek? 
is that when I was 11, and I, well, I was about to get braces, I got braces quite young, and uh, I had to go get teeth pulled out first, so I'd been to the dentist, and then I'd got home, and I was still on lots of painkillers, and my mum had bought me Shrek on VHS, and so I was lying on the couch Aww. watching Shrek, and she was on the phone, I think to my dad, and then the painkillers started to wear off, and I was in a lot of pain, and I was just like, <laughs> and she's on the phone, she's like, I've got to go, Jess is crying. <laughs> Did you think you were terrified by Shrek? Yeah. I've got to turn off the movie. It's too much for her. (laughs) It's too scary. There's a talking donkey. (laughs) It's too overwhelming for her poor little brain. But we we should maybe... Oh, if anyone does want to hear that, let us know and we'll put it in the hat. But um, one of the other comments, which I I think maybe Jess in particular might like. um, So the comments were different things. Some of them were like questions, say, oh, can you explain this thing about Bond? Because a few of them were about Bond. Yeah, sure. But one of the Bond-related ones... And I don't know who wrote it because it doesn't leave the name or anything. It's somewhat anonymous, I think. But the comment was three words. Perkins. Bop Perkins. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) The name's Perkins. Bop Perkins. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Dave, you've ticked off another one of the comments um, (laughs) because... Was it a request to do Sean Connery? It was um, also lots of Sean Connery impressions are required. Great. Great. No problem. That will probably happen. Can deliver. Yes. All yes. right. Anyway, I think awesome. I, I, I was I could have written on this for weeks. It's huge. I only had I only had a you know a few so, weeks. So Jess, <laughs> but it was also the Christmas and New Year's period. No, no. Oh, hey, you've been busy. Jess, you're obviously a fan. Love it, Matt. You. Were, I studied you, James Bond. I I don't. I. It sounds like I'm the least fanny. Man, that's okay. Room. I've got the box set. I've seen them all. <gasps> really? I own them all. Can I borrow oh, the amazing. box set? Well, you guys are going to be able to fill in some blanks potentially because I, I reckon I've seen a, a small handful. One of my earliest films I can remember seeing was uh, Thunderball on TV. Oh, yep. My parents let me stay out late to watch it and I enjoyed it so much that at age six, my dad took me to see <gasps> Goldeneye, the first oh, Pierce Brosnan, which is yep. one, of, one of Pierce Brosnan's best, his, is his best film. Yep. And um, they didn't make me pay for a ticket because I was so small in the seat, my tush, so small. And then, Wait, how long ago was this? Uh, he was six, not even like a six, kid's ticket 20 nothing. years ago and then um, halfway through the film when he's kissing uh, Xenia on the top yep. who's the evil like Russian lady but like they have like a lot of sex even though that he knows she's a bad guy I stood up in the movie and yelled out don't kiss her shoot her <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie laughs oh that's so cute <laughs> is that <laughs> cute that he wants to murder <laughs> yeah. a woman no Just... but he gets it he knows what's going on she was a bit oh man I was highly perceptive I knew I, I don't think I'm a I'm I wouldn't say I'm a Bond expert. I may not be able to fill in a lot of gaps, but I am an, a, an enthusiast. I haven't seen all of the films. I don't think, but I studied James Bond a couple of times at uni, two different unis. What do you study? Studied James Bond. Yeah, but what what so what what do they? Well, just like the the history of the movies, that kind of thing. Kind of no, it was more to do with like sociology. So James Bond is actually a really good representation of society at the time. Um, and like you can oh, because each time the gadgets are from that era. No, it's not even about gadgets. It's more about um, behaviors. So even if you look at like how Sean Connery treats women in the in the films, it's oh, like man, he's really bad. He literally he? one time tells her to go away because the adults are talking. Like it's amazing. Oh my god! And then in the more recent ones, like the women play a more integral role. Or they like James Bond is always going to be a bit of a sleaze, but he's a bit better. Was M always a woman? Because no. it's named Judy Dench now. No, it wasn't. It no, was. for me, many years it was the same man. Same guy. Right. So that's probably one example of that. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. She's the big boss. Yeah, exactly. And he obviously re- he does respect her quite a lot. This report, actually, because I have d- done a fair bit of work on this, so it is quite long, so I should get stuck into it. Off it's long go. for me. It's not Dave long. No, but... God, no. Oh, sorry, pardon me. Uh, so 
This first line feels a little bit um, unnecessary. James Bond is a fictional British spy oh. created in the early 1950s by author Ian Fleming. What? Yeah. Uh, during his time serving in the Naval Intelligence Division, Fleming began planning his first Bond novel. Uh, he, he told a friend, apparently, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write the spy story to end all spy stories. Imagine being that friend. You'd be like, Ugh. all right, mate. Righto, Ian. <laughs> Go to bed, Ian. <laughs> Stop talking. Lights Out was 10 minutes ago. For fuck's sake, Fleming. No, nothing by an Ian has ever been remarkable in any way, <laughs> is what I would have said. Go to bed. <laughs> Ian. Ian. Can you think of any good Ians? Ian Fleming. Ian McKellen, sorry. Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen's oh, a good one. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry, Ian. up there. Oh, yeah, oh, that's it, though. That's the end of list. He's either Gandalf or the other one. Or neither? He's Magneto, I know that. Mm. He's Magneto. Is he Magneto? <laughs> that's, that's lovely. Is he the other? Is he Gandalf the Grey? Yeah. Yeah. I said that wrong, I think. And in 1952, he began writing his first Bond novel, which was called Casino Royale, mm-hmm. which is a sweet name. So good. Uh, apparently, he started the book shortly before his wedding to his pregnant girlfriend, Anne Charteris. To distract him from the upcoming You want a distraction. Yeah, you want a distraction from your wedding. Hang on, I've got a lot of planning to do. What am I going to do? I'm going to write the spy story to end all. (laughs) Ian, lights out was 10 minutes ago. I'm home and you're my wife. Fleming based... Soon to be. (laughs) Don't get ahead of yourself, Anne. (laughs) I could cut you off at any time. I'm going to be really rich one day with the spy story to end all spy stories. (laughs) Last week's uh, episode didn't end too well for a few... Married yeah, Anne. Yeah, was she, is she and Anne with an E? I forgot that I'm having to answer that. No, no E. <gasps> so that, how, that's how she got through. How, it's, I, didn't, I never realised there was another way to spell Just A-double-N. Anne. Just A-double-N. A-double-N, mate. That's a name. Well, that's mate, a grow name. up. A recipe for disaster, if you, t- if you ask me. Like, nobody asked. No one did Matt, ask. Matt, do can, go on. Can, can you please ask? <laughs> Fleming based Bond on a bunch of different... Dudes I've written, he encountered Wild, <laughs> which is fucking stupid. But did you get that from a, like, is this This like is Encyclopedia quote? Britannica. Yeah, a great. Quote from dudes. Ian. Ian? He, from heaps of dudes. Uh, he, he, guys that he encountered while in the Naval Intelligence Division in World War Two. at one point saying that Bond was a compound of all the secret agents and commando types he met during the war. As well as basing Bond on secret agents he met uh, during the war, he also based... Bond's appearance on the composer, singer, and all-round stud muffin, Hoagie Carmichael. Oh, Hoagie. I don't know if that's 100% true or that's what people people think that he did. Or I don't know if that's necessarily verified. But you see pictures of that guy and some of the earlier illustrations and they do look quite similar. Okay, cool. Not, not at all like the cinematic mm. Bonds, though. Sure. Uh, he also gave Bond many of his own traits, including his love of golf and also of gambling. Mm-hmm. He, apparently, he even gave uh, Bond his um, golf handicap. Oh, number. really? Yeah. <laughs> and also the thing where... Weird um, Easter egg to leave in a novel. That, uh, like, the way Bond says, Bond, James Bond. That's how Fleming introduces himself to. Yeah. He goes, Fleming, Ian Fleming. <laughs> you better say he says, Bond, James Bond. <laughs> Pardon? Uh, that would have been much funnier. I'm sorry, so your ID does not match your name. <laughs> I can't let you check in. <laughs> But I'm here at the golf tournament. How am I going to play? This is all. It's all gone wrong. <laughs> and oh, that doesn't match her name either. It's got an E on the passport. Fuck. <laughs> well, there's been a problem. You heard me pronounce it with an E. 
I said it with an A, didn't I? Did I? No, I don't think you did, sir. Step off. Step off. Fleming was an avid bird watcher. Hello. He's a twitcher? A, he's a character. Is yeah. that what it's called? A twitcher or an ornithologist? Yes. I like ornithologist twitcher better. is nice. Um, yeah, twitcher is a great word. Twitch is so fun. But it, yeah. So he actually um, took the name of James Bond from a well, another well, well, an actual well-known ornithologist. Um, really? And this is what he said. He said, when I wrote the first one in 1953, I wanted Bond to be an extremely dull, uninteresting man to whom things happened. I wanted him to be a blunt instrument. When I was casting around for a name for my protagonist, I thought, by God, James Bond is the dullest name I've ever heard. <laughs> That's why I picked it, because it's based on the bird-watching man. But isn't that funny that, like, initially what he thought was Bond would be a really dull character like, in this wild world around him. It's such a cool name now. But, like, yeah. if, you're, if you're writing a spy, though, they're obviously going to have spy skills, which are not dull at all. Yeah, it's a weird thing. He just I guess he just thought he'd be, like, sort of... But if you were to blend in, though, you'd want a boring name. Sure. But if your name is, like, um, Xenia on a top. Sure. Like well, that, the, the, he gave an example. He goes, um, I wanted the simplest, dullest, plainest-sounding name I could find. James Bond was much better than something more interesting, like Peregrine Carruthers. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That's named after two more birds. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Peregrine and the Carruther. What a, what a great... Example. The name's Carruthers. Peregrine Carruthers. I'm sorry, sir. It says Ian Fleming. <laughs> Ian Fleming. I'm really going to have to hold you to this. I'm so sorry. Anyway, you're off on the first <laughs> tee in five minutes. Please, just... Just get out play there. Play golf, would you? Your caddy's waiting. He said exotic things would happen to and around him, but he would be a neutral figure. Not to mention erotic. Ooh, erotic things would happen around, just around, around him. him. <laughs> and he would be ne- just lying in the bed. Oh, this is pretty good. Just kind of neutral. Cool. He, he, just trying to blend into the sheet. <laughs> He's wearing a beige suit. <laughs> just sort of, you can just see his eyes moving. Oh, yeah. Peregrine Carruthers likes this. <laughs> he still calls himself that. <laughs> yeah, that's his little sexy nickname. Peregrine Carruthers. <laughs> when, when he finished his manuscript for Casino Royale, he took it to his... <coughs> when he... <laughs> When he um, finished the manuscript for Casino Royale, he took it to his friend William Plomer, who worked in publishing. Um, Plomer loved it, and he submitted it to a publisher named Jonathan Cape. And Cape wasn't into it at all, really, and <laughs> and it took him a lot of convincing before he eventually did agree to publish it. Oh, so he, on, he was please. turned around. But I like this because he was, in the end, he was convinced to publish it uh, based on the recommendation of Peter Fleming. Ian's older brother, who was a respected travel writer. So, like, um, no, I mean, no, he's got no real... Throw him a bone. Yeah, but it's funny because it's like... Do me a favour. You're a travel writer. Yeah. This is a spy novel. What do you know? And it's your brother. It's your brother. Yeah. There's so much in that that's like, that can't be convincing. It's not yeah. like it's Ernest Hemingway going, you should do this. I'm yeah. a world famous, very, very good writer. I don't know this guy, but I love what he's yeah. done. You know? like, this is my brother. And one time I went to Barbados and it gave it four stars. And I'm I'm super biased, and yeah, what do you reckon? Oh, I'm convinced. Oh, yeah, Sign all him right, up. no problem. Um, we, so you guys are obviously Bond fans, so you'll possibly know this. I reckon D- Dave knows all these sort of weird trivia things, and you'll understand that I'm sort of it's a, it's not the obvious answer when I ask a question. Do you know who was the first person to p- portray Bond on screen? 
Oh, as in like, wait, is this a trick question? Is it, is it, it is a bit of a trick question. It wasn't the film. Is it a, not an official EON production? Uh, it's, it's pre. It's pre. They hadn't even been put together at this stage. It was like in Peter, 1954. Like Peter Sellers or something like that. They did a comedy version. No, that that did happen. That was later on. Um, but it was cassette. It was the first version of Casino Royale. The one you're talking about is the second one. I'll talk about in a little bit. Hmm. But I, I thought I always just thought it was Sean Connery till I was reading about it. Uh, I was I was wrong. Obviously, I've written here. I was wrong. Dead wrong for some reason. Um, <laughs> Some of these reports are right quite late at night. And, um, and it's like a little note to yourself. Yeah. Man, you were dead wrong when you thought that thought. <laughs> you fucking idiot. You idiot. Get out of here. <laughs> but in, no, but don't. Get back to your laptop and do the work. That's in, what you say. In early 1954, <laughs> Fleming was paid $1,000 for the television rights for Casino Royale. Oh. And the novel was adapted into a TV special for CBS as an episode of the Climax! Exclamation mark Mystery Theatre. Sorry, it's Climax... Oh, sorry. Thank you. Jeez, <laughs> I could always fuck that up. Come on. Uh, it was a low-budget black-and-white episode. Obviously, it was, it was 1954. Was Colour TV even... It was a different time. It was a different time. Simpler but time. A good year. A good year. Oh, yeah, you've missed a few chances. I've missed though. a few, sorry. Um, and it starred American actor Barry Nelson. Barry Nelson is like the James least Bond. sexy name ever. Barry. Barry Nelson. Barry Nelson. Nelson. Oh, I fucked it. Barry yeah. Nelson. Barry Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> is that how you do it? Nelson. Barry Nelson. Oh. So, which one's your first name? Is it Nelson or Barry? Because... Both are awful. Get out of so here. So, it says Ian Fleming. Ian. I don't know how many times I have to tap this license. <laughs> but he's also an American, which is interesting. Yeah. Um... So apparently Barry played Bond very casually and despite several several <laughs> laughing this is something I'm I'm reading this directly off a website. Despite several laughable fighting and torture scenes, the episode <laughs> <laughs> oh, That wow. torture scene was hilarious. The episode was an interesting and enjoyable rendition of cas- Casino Royale. Okay. Speaking is hard. Wow. So um, they enjoyed very the nice hilarious scene. torture. Yeah, do, do you guys know about how many Bond books Fleming wrote or anything mm, like that? No. Th- these are things I didn't know as well because the, off the top b- of my books head. are still being written in the Bond series like, and, and Fleming's been dead for quite yeah. a while. Yeah. But all the ones he wrote, I, I, I've, heard of, I've heard of them all, right? So he, he wrote 12 or he had 12. Oh, should we try and name them? Oof. Yeah, yeah, okay, so we had, uh, Fleming wrote 12 Bond novels and two collections of short stories, and they were released yearly, every year. Apparently, he went to his property, and he wrote, write... but January, Feb, he wrote one every year sort of thing. So his property, Goldeneye? Yes, it is. That's so cool, isn't it? What? what if... He's called, his property's called Goldeneye. Yeah. That's And they named the movie that. That's right. That's such a cool name. For... I'd love to have a house big enough that I could name. Yeah. I there's a house there's a, a, a building near me called can. Graham Manor. Graham. <laughs> <laughs> oh Graham, a... what are you going to call it? Uh, Graham. Graham. Graham Manor. I'm going to call my house Gary House. <laughs> Gary. Not even Gary's house. Gary Graham house. Manor. Gary House. There's another one nearby that's called Jessica, and I was like, what? <laughs> Is that, Jessica is that, does, I reckon I've seen a boat named Jessica around, a good the, boat around name. the neighbourhood somewhere. Do you reckon that's enough for me to just go over to somebody, to just go over that house and be like, I live here now? Yeah, this is Jessica Everybody house. fuck off. Oh, I'm pretty sure that the law would come down well on your side. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'll give you, you can guess until you get one wrong, otherwise it could get super tedious. But So there's 12 and that in, does include um, 
Okay. Oh, the 12 plus two short story collection. Casino Royale, as yes. you've mentioned. Dr. No. Yes. Goldfinger. Yes. Moonraker. Yes. From Russia with Love. <laughs> He's checking the list. Yes. Yes. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Fuck. Yes. Thunderball. Yes. The Spy Who Loved Me. Yes. Um, what about... Uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Yes. Oh, we got two to go, Jess. This is all oh right. Oh, my God. Dave, you've done I'm not all sure which ones you've missed, damn it. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the later ones. Like, I don't... Yeah, I think I'm, I'm not they sure. ran out later on, I reckon. I'm not sure about, like, Quantum of Solace. I don't think that's one. No. Yeah. Fuck. Right. I uh, fucked it right at the end. What were the two? So, I'm not exactly sure, but did you say Live and Let Die? No. And did you say The Man with the Golden uh, Gun? No. And you should have known that because you're the man with the golden tonsils. Oh, exactly. Ah, oh, well, you did so well, though, Dave. That was, that was a, I can't believe, like, I just, I was never, I guess it was my, I reckon it's a parents thing. Your parents get you into it. Must you, have, yeah. On my granddad's shelf. So, my granddad, I've talked about before, had about 4,000 yeah, books of library. Big, big reader. He had uh, the James Bond. Like it was like an anthology of all, and I started watching them young, but then I was I was too young to read it, and maybe about five of those were a part of this. Right, nice. That's and cool. I, I've got that book now. I still haven't read it, but it's just like it means a lot just having it on the shelf because I used to just every year go there at Christmas, and I'd be like, "I'm going to read that one day," and I will. That's one day. great. That's really sweet, Dave. It's a sweet memory. Thank you. It is. You but did it, so. I'm so impressed. That was but so good. It's funny because I. I don't, like, I just don't, I, my parents or no one got me into it, so I just never yeah. have really been into it. And the ones I saw, I'm just like, ah, oh, it's so boring, and they all seem the same. Like, I just don't get it, mm. necessarily. Um, but I've heard of all of those. Yeah. Somehow, would, yeah. somehow I just know all those names, and it's crazy that they're all hit movies or on some level as well. Yeah. Um, and then the two short story volumes, I don't know if you'd heard of these, For Your Eyes Only. Oh, yeah. That's another movie title. And yeah. also Octopussy and the Living Daylight. I didn't know Octopussy was the name of yeah, one. it was a movie called Octopussy, yeah. Oh, it was a, was a movie called Octopussy? Yeah. I thought that was just the character. No, it's called Octopussy. It's called Octopussy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course it is too, actually. I didn't know that. Damn it. The last... Which is like such a great name. So good. The last two, The Man with the Golden Gun and Octopussy and the Living Daylights, were released posthumously. Oh, okay. Um, but he actually wrote those. But he did write yeah, them, yeah. yeah. Cool. And there, there's been multiple writers who've gone on to continue that series. I haven't really focused on that at all because there was plenty of stuff without that yeah, with sure. just his series and then the, the, the movie releases. Crazy. Um, in the late 1950s, film producer Albert R. Broccoli. Yeah. Yep. Comes up, never, still comes up on of. every really? title and it's like, yes, Broccoli. That's so what's funny. His, what's his daughter's name? Uh, yeah, because she does, does she do the yeah, music or no, she produces she still produces it. He, yes, that's right. They've passed it on. The two guys passed it on to... Oh, no, Broccoli and Barbara Broccoli. Is it Barbara? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> nice one. I'd yeah. never heard of that. That's so, I thought you guys were going to love it, but you don't, you're well, not no, going to enjoy any of the silly names. No, I love it every time <laughs> I watch it, a it, Bond movie. It always comes up and they thank sort of Albert Broccoli still. Um, his nickname, Albert, is, uh, he was nicknamed Cubby. Cubby? Cubby Broccoli. Oh, I like that. Cubby's a great nickname. Yeah, that's a sweet nickname. Cubby. Oh, that's cute. He had a meeting set up with Fleming in the late 50s to try and secure the film rights because he loved it and he wanted to get, he wanted to make Bond into a a movie series or at least Mm. a movie to start with. Um, but unfortunately had to miss the meeting as his wife had just been diagnosed with cancer, which obviously is a, a pretty... Good excuse. In his absence, um, his business partner, Irvin, Irving Allen, attended the meeting, but Allen wasn't 
into this sure. series at all. And it's it, like, nah, shit, shit. And Albert's like, what have you done? What have you done, the, the, This is a quote attributed to him, apparently said to Fleming, in my opinion, these books aren't, are not even good enough for television. What? Don't go to the meeting then. Surely, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. I reckon that's, I've, I've got something confused there. But apparently that, that's a comment yeah, that yeah. he said somewhere. But why would you go to the meeting and say that? You'd go to the meeting and go, oh, what do you think, what do you yeah. think is possible? Anyway, what a fucking idiot. Um, a couple of years later, in 1961, Broccoli parted <laughs> ways with Alan, which feels like a <laughs> well, I think good finally. idea. And he hooked up with another producer named Harry Saltzman. Saltzman. You heard of him? No. Um, so this guy apparently is pretty important. He, he, um, I don't think so. Um, with Saltzman. So Saltzman already had started, um, he, he'd basically figured out a deal to make it happen and then partnered with Broccoli and then they finally got their dream going and got the movie rights to the Fleming series with the exception of Casino Royale, which had been sold for $1,000. Oh, sure. the TV. So, yeah. So everything else that from then on... Um, all all new books would be in that deal. Wow. Um, so at that stage, Saltzman and Broccoli formed Eon Productions and they started working towards uh, making the first film. Um, they struggled to find funding from multiple Hollywood studios that they approached and were given reasons such as uh, it was too British and also too blatantly sexual, which in my mind is the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write that down? Enjoy um, that, you know. That's good. I, I, I wrote, wrote mentally it wrote it down. You wrote of, it down. A little bit of flair there, Matt. You're riffing. Oh, that's a, like those a, Brits. That's a pre-written riff. They're sexy, those Brits. Them sexy Brits. Mm. Man, I, I love the English accent. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, after much hustling, the pair eventually signed a deal with United Artists who agreed to fund and distribute seven films. Giving and they gave them a million dollars to make the first seven's one. Seven's a lot. That's a lot. That's a like big agree- deal for the first yeah, right yeah. off the bat. Yeah, Just to agree to seven. If you're struggling to get anyone to take you seriously, and then how about you have seven? But I think that's often mental. often those deals work like that. Like if they it, go, well. they they want we, they want to sign it. They're not signing it like. We're just give, going to sign you for one, mm. and then if it's a success, you can sign to someone else. They oh, need sure. all those deals will be longer. And often they just won't go past the first movie if it yeah. fails. They're like, oh, we didn't recoup our money. Sorry. Yeah, we're not guaranteeing we're going to fund the next ones, but you're giving us the. We're going to work in part. I think that's how it would yeah, be. Yeah, that does make sense. But they did give them a million bucks to make the first one, which was a, a decent amount of money at, at the stage. Yeah. Um, according to a Vanity Fair article, after an arduous and seemingly fruitless uh, search to find a lead actor um, who was mutually agreeable to the two producers and their studio benefactor, United Artists. Broccoli uh, went back to one of the lesser knowns among the candidates, Sean Connery. Who? So he was he was basically unknown at all uh, at that stage. He'd, he'd done some small roles, and to confirm his hunch that this uh, tall, handsome Scotsman could be the guy, Broccoli, while in Hollywood, arranges for his uh, new wife Dana to join him at a screening room at uh, at. The Samuel Goldwyn Studio. Mm. I want you to seduce my wife. And if you're successful, <laughs> you've got the role. No, Connery wasn't there, but they, they organised to meet there and his wife uh, watched this movie. And the only Connery movie he could get was this movie he was in called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And apparently pretty pretty not great movie. Was it like pretty bad or pretty offensive just with little people? Uh, probably both, to okay. be honest. It was the bit 50s. Of column A, bit of column B, yeah. <laughs> 
I think everything was offensive back then. Um, and Dana Broccoli's response was instantaneously, that's our bond. <laughs> she stood up in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> it's a private bond. screening. Who's saying that? Albert. <laughs> it's the usher. Sit down, <laughs> Dana. Dana. You've paid for the seat, not for the air above it. <laughs> <laughs> there are people like that, I reckon, who are just like, nah, rules are rules. I don't care, this is a private screening. You get in that fucking chair. <laughs> Until you're done. Yeah. You've, had it, you've had it for three hours, and I'm handcuffing you to the seat. <laughs> uh, the first novel they chose to take the big screen wasn't obviously the first one, because that was... Not uh, they didn't have the rights to it, but it wasn't even the second or the third or the fourth. It was the sixth novel, Doctor No. Doctor No, which is interesting, right? That they, that, yeah, they didn't go chronologically. But were the novels? I, I don't know the storyline so much. Were there was there much of a, an arc uh, throughout the early novels, or was it really oh. self enclosed stories? Well, like I say, I haven't read those Granddad novels, right. so I'm you're, not you're sure. more familiar with the movies. Yeah, but from the movies, they sort of. I think they. Chop and change a bit, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because he gets older and then suddenly he's a new actor and then it's back to Sean Connery. I think, and, yeah. I think there are some re- reboots and that sort of stuff. But I think normally it's almost like it's, at least in the, the more recent one, it's like they'll reboot with a new actor and that's a new arc. But not, not necessarily in the past. I'm not 100% sure about that. Um, uh, the critical... Uh, that's not how you say that word. Though the critical response was mixed, Doctor No was a huge hit. It took nearly sixty million at the box office Whoa. from that budget of about one million bucks. So that's, wow, that's a good return. That is a pretty handy. What's return. that return, Dave? Sixty times. What? Interesting. He's so good that, at maths. That is going to sound like I edited out some thinking time there. I did not. <laughs> no, he just said it that fast. In fact, I've done, I've done some calculations. Yep, it's actually fifty-nine point nine. Whoa. Recurring. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Again, no thick time. Do you remember? Do you remember who co-starred in in the movie as Honey Rider? Doctor No, who's Honey? No, her no, name's Ursula oh, Andress. Ursula Andress. And Was she Swiss? Sure. And in <laughs> two thousand and three, um, the scene of Andress emerging from the oh, water in a bikini. So good. Apparently, it's an iconic on, scene, and it topped Channel Four in in England's list of the hundred sexiest scenes of film history. Wow. And that bikini was sold in 2001 at an auction for, have you, what do you reckon? $2 million. No, 100000 No, it was 61 and a half. Still a crazy amount for a bikini, for, I would have thought. <laughs> but it seems we always do, Whenever we enough. ask that question, well, it's always million. way higher. Than <laughs> and then it sounds disappointing. Yeah. Only 60 mm. grand. I'd, I'd pay that. I'd for pay for, a, for a, bikini. a bikini, big yeah. time. And then they parodied that scene with Daniel Craig. In one of his first oh, movies, yes. him getting out of the water in like little blue trunks. Yeah, that's a that's a fun idea. So that's more of the um, modern time sort of stuff. Well, exactly. And the other thing is, if I may, just talking about him and his little trunks, you go back to um, like because it also the films are also a representation of like what's what's uh, sexy in a man or what's like the the idea idea of a man at the time. So if you look at like Sean Connery, he's like got really hairy chest and he's like he's fit but he's kind of stocky and then. Uh, you go to like Daniel Craig now, and there's like not a hair on his body. And ripped. Ripped. Yeah. It's like you're describing me. Okay. Which one? The, the hairless part. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, after the release of the film, the sales of all of Fleming's novels rose sharply. And oh. in the seven months after Dr. No was released, 1.5 million copies of the novel were sold. Oh, man. Payday for good old Ian. It's funny when like it's just like Slemo. everything in your business is good. 
Like, it's like, oh, I've just made some money selling this my rights to the film, but it also... It helps with yeah. my books. You probably... I, don't, I wonder if you even consider that at the time. I don't know. Uh, Connery starred in a further four Bond films. With, uh, from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, and You Only Live Twice. Goldfinger! That was the best one. <laughs> it's I'm my gonna... second favourite Bond oh, song. Hold, hold that up, because okay. I, I want to ask you about, because I found a list ranked, ranking oh, all okay. the f- songs. I want to know what your favourites are, and I want to see where sure. how that compares. Because my favourite is their saying there is the worst. Great. So, Great. Oh, I'm interested to Me hear too, what that yeah. is. Me too, yeah. Bit of sizzle for later in the episode. The Duran Duran one, is that it? Is there a Duran Duran one? There is yeah. a Duran Duran is one. Is there? I yeah. don't actually know that many of them. I might when you say them. Anyway. So, yeah, so Connery did five movies all together and they all have, like, the problem with this topic is there's so many movies and they've yeah. all got interesting stories, but yeah. I, I just don't have time to go into most of them. So I'm going to have to keep sort of moving Moving through. through. Fair enough. In the mid-60s, American producer Charles K. Feldman bought the film rights to Casino Royale. He tried to have it made as part of the official series of Bond films, but when he failed, he decided to turn it into a James Bond spoof instead and released it two months before You Only Live Twice. Ah, oh, what a dick move. So this is a spoiler alert if anyone wants to go out and see the spoof. Uh, maybe fast forward the next 24 seconds. I'm going to just briefly go <laughs> through it. the next 24 minutes. I was like, ugh. In the film, David Niven, who Dave's mentioned on a oh yes, he was on one of the, helped out one of the Montes, and he was also in the Pink, the Pink Panther, Panther guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he plays a retired 007, and his old old boss M um, dies in an explosion. Uh, so Niven Niven's Bond reluctantly goes back to the spy agency, and he takes over M's role, and then decides to rename all of his agents to James Bond to confuse the enemy. So in the movie, it ends up being. <laughs> David Niven, Terence Cooper, Woody Allen, Joanna Petlet, Pettit, Dahlia Lavi, Peter Sellers, and Ursula Andress oh. are all end up being named James Bond. Oh, that's pretty funny. So it's a, it's a spoof. It's kind of like a. It's one of the. It's I'd almost call it a romp. <laughs> I'm not sure if that'd be right, but that's what I'd almost call it. You'd almost call it a romp. Almost, so not quite call, though. So you call it a rom. Rom. I'd call it's it a rom. rom. It's a rom. Film critic Roger Ebert said, um, "This is." Possibly the most indulgent film ever made. But it was a box office success, actually. Really? Um, turning its $12 million budget into over $40 million at the box office. So not a huge success, but, um, you know, it made its money back and then some. Wow. Three... Point three times. I know that, but that is a bit dicey because that doesn't take into consideration advertising and other costs. But sure. also probably DVD sales. Yeah. I was going to... I was going to ask you, yeah, but how many DVDs they sell? Like, I was going to ask... We are just one brain. Yeah, one. After Connery's retirement, the search was on to find the next Bond. Um, you, I'm imagining you guys know who it was. Is the Australian? It was the Australian. Uh, so he was. I, I read two different things. Bee. He was either spotted in a chocolate commercial on TV, but I, or he was spotted by the producers at the barbers getting his hair cut, eating a chocolate. But he was, either way, chocolate was, was involved. There was definitely chocolate. <laughs> That's all I remember. So it was Australian model, George Lazenby, who was the highest paid model in the world at the time. Which I'd, oh, I didn't know no that idea. he was already successful. I don't, yeah, think, was, I don't think he's that good looking. But I, I think it was like you say, it's different times. Different times. That's funny how... We are a product of, uh, like a, of society, you know. He's just like a big guy. 
Yeah, but I reckon he looks he looks kind of like a in that Bond world. Like when you see him all lined up, you can see the yeah, yeah. But you would definitely pick Sean over him, right? And this was the worst Bond movie. Ah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, with all of this, I've found that no one's a hundred percent sure on anything. There are always a f- big fans of the ones that are generally hated. So, but because I don't, mm. I just don't particularly like any of them. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, I haven't seen the majority of yeah, them, but I just sure. remember being younger, just being a bit bored by them. It's like, yeah. what's the point? Although I did enjoy Austin Powers as a child. Okay, so you had terrible taste. Anyway. I've seen them since as an adult, and Austin Powers hasn't aged well. No, it's Maybe fun. The, it's the, fun. The it's last one fun. is no good. Oh, actually, I haven't seen it's the last one. It's all a bit one. gross. It's and really fucked. No but the first good. one. The first one I, I, I haven't seen in a long time, but I remember really enjoying it. I have no interest in rewatching. I think that's probably for the best. Mm. It often is. Mm. I'm going to spring it on you one day. You'll be How? like, oh, great. Dave, I'd love to come over and watch uh, the new James Bond movie. And then I would uh, handcuff you to a chair just like that uh, lady sounds was. Terrifying. And then uh, I'd put on Austin Powers. That sounds terrible. Why would you handcuff a friend to a chair, you monster? Why would you refuse to watch Austin Powers? <laughs> I think the majority of people would be on my side I, of this. No, I think, I think you sound very creepy. <laughs> Lazenby was our... Rec- Don't move on, Matt. <laughs> I'm not ready. Until I hear Jess explain global warming. Okay. Here's the thing about global warming. It's... Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's hot. It's hot right now. Other times, real cold. Wait, that's... So what I'm saying... <laughs> I think what you're talking about is seasons. Oh, are they not the same? No. Hmm. So Lazenby uh, was... <laughs> Recently, back in Australia, and in, in, I really enjoyed how he described how his sort of ascent into the role of Bond, um, how how it went. It just sounds so effortless. Uh, so in Australia, he was working various jobs. Couldn't really hold down a job, I guess. And he was working as a mechanic and different things like that. Slash model. And then he said uh, he yes. fell in love with a beautiful model. Uh, and then he said he fell in love with a beautiful woman who was way out of my class, and she went on to England. So I told my boss, I'm going to England. And then when he went over, he couldn't find her, so he hung out in London and sold cars at Mercedes-Benz and happened to meet a photographer somehow, which, and, which brought him into the modelling world. And then from the modelling world, I went into film. Oh, what? is that all? That is amazing. And also, he... you follow somebody the other side of the world, you don't know, exa- you don't know where they live. Yeah, I'm it's going like... to England. Oh, they're in England. It's a little country. Yeah, I'll just follow that person back to Australia. Okay, Wh- where are you going to go? You go to Sydney, they could be in Melbourne. You go to Melbourne, they could be in Perth. You go to Perth, where it, was, it could be anywhere. They could be in Subiaco. Let's list they everywhere be. they could be. <laughs> Subiaco, very close to Perth. I, I wish I had control right? to fade you guys down sometimes. Um, okay, Matt, well, that seems a little unfair, but do well, go I could on, you, I, I could have just faded no, you fine. down it's and fine. you would have listed Western Australian places. Is this going to be more I would have got through some Bond stuff and then faded you back up and okay. you're still going, right. uh, Claremont. We got the Swan River. Is this going to be fun for you then? If you just keep going with your report and we just don't pipe in at all, is that going to be fun for you? Is that going to be fun for the listeners? No. Okay, well, off you go. Off you go. Hmm? So this is from an interview in the Australian paper, the Sydney Morning Herald. Lazenby scored the coveted role of the secret agent 007 despite having no real prior acting experience. He said that when film producers Albert Broccoli and Harry Saltzman demanded Lazenby return the next day after a successful casting call, he he said he didn't like their attitude. Very demanding. <laughs> I'll come back the next day. <laughs> like, so so he, he goes, so I told them I couldn't be there, that I'd be in Paris for a film, which I wasn't, and they asked how much I was being paid. When I told them I was being paid £500 a day, which I wasn't, they said, 
Go down to the account and he'll give you the money. Be here tomorrow. The actor... <laughs> <laughs> he was like, all right, well, I was really just going to sleep in and probably mm-hmm. order a pizza, but... All right, 500 pounds, I reckon I'll fly back. The actor said that... But remember, he probably wasn't in Paris. Yeah, he wasn't even in Paris. He was just down the road, I guess. The actor said that when director Peter Hunt learned of the ruse, he belly laughed and offered him the role on the spot. He loved it. He loved him being a bit of a... <laughs> And offered him double the money on the spot. It's like, if I learnt that, I'd be like, you sound like you're going to be too much work. Yeah, but you're a bit of trouble. Um, Lazenby didn't sign a contract and the negotiations dragged on during the production and the film. Uh, Lazenby recalled, my agent said, it's about love, not war right now. James Bond is the opposite. He said it was going to be, he, he said it was going to die and that's why Connery gave it up. He told me I could make the, that kind of money doing movies in Italy. Clint Eastwood was getting 500000 uh, doing westerns in Italy. He didn't even have to speak. That's sort of his logic there. Lazenby said that he took the advice and refused to sign a seven-movie contract that was offered to him, oh, no. reportedly worth a million dollars. There's an element of me that thinks I should have done two Bond films to prove they, they didn't get rid of me, he said. On the other hand, I wouldn't have had the life I've had. You're going to really enjoy this, Dave, I think. He goes, I've got two, I've got beautiful kids, which I may not have ever had if I continued with Bond. Instead, I was bonding with my children. Oh, Yeah, I thought you'd appreciate that. He used Bond in a different way. I'm willing to see how long Jess will be say silent. I don't think she can do it much longer. I'm calling her bluff. (laughs) Don't make me apologise. Hashtag Bob's bluff. Jesse, you can talk to me. You just can't talk to Matt. I'll pass on any messages you want. I'll turn down your microphone and his headphones. How about that? He can't hear you. On Her Majesty's Secret Service was George Lazenby's first and last appearance in the Bond series. Although in later years, he did play Bond-like characters in several TV spoofs. So what what do you think about that movie? I think Jess said that was one of the the worst ones. Yeah, I I didn't. It's not fun. Isn't it? Because I've read some people say that it's quite good when others say it's not. Well, Apparently he's a I bit more like, maybe he was a bit more like what um, Fleming originally was talking about, the blunt the, instrument I sort of guy. It is hard to blunt watch instrument. someone play one Bond. Because when I saw it, when Daniel Craig was cast, I was like, this is the worst. I hate this. Yeah. And so I w- was watching Casino Royale at the c- cinema. I got him up with my dad every time to see the new movie. And I was like, oh, I guess that was fun, that opening. Great, great, great. By the end of the movie, I was like... He's the best Bond ever. Yeah. But like when he first got cast, I, w- I would have been on. You know, I'm not a forum type guy, but if I was, I'd be on there going, "This guy sucks. How can a blonde dude be James Bond? What the fuck?" Oh man, I mentioned people like you later on. Yeah, but like that was my feeling. But he's he's great. So, but maybe it would have taken a bit more with George Lazenby. Is what I'm saying. It's hard to watch one movie. Yes, I think that. I think that's completely right. imagine them as James Bond. Like I think, and it was like basically his first movie as well. Apparently, his acting. Like, can you imagine that he's hardly done any acting before that? I, I believe he was quite impressive for his relatively inexperience. Yeah, he lucked his way into a car sa- as a car salesman. Jess is really struggling. I think I've got her. Wait, look. How about we? Tr- how about I apologize? I can't even remember what I said. Me either. But I'm sorry. Okay, I forgive you. I just wanted to because the thing with the Lazenby film. It goes back to <laughs> goes back to what I what we learnt in uh, in uni when we were studying the films. Oh, here we go, a bit of a, an analysis here. Well, it is because <laughs> because uh, James Bond as a character is like this in, indestructible person, right? Like he's 
he can't die and he like he bounces back from everything and nothing phases him and he's like like a robot Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding... Not in a way that's like, oh, my God, it's expanding, like, yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing, more customers, yes. more interest. Not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's, like, blowing up and yeah, it's, yeah. oh, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products or you offer services like massage or oh. nails. Oh my gosh. Or uh, consulting. Should we, after this, get mani pedis? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you yeah. might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize, you can share, and schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh. Yeah. It looks like Jess has just uploaded something, what it, but it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. Capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organise your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Human, superhuman. And in the Lazenby one, which I, to be honest, I don't know if I've seen all the way through or, or anything, but this is just what we it's discussed. It's that bad. But like, he gets married. James ah. Bond gets married. Doesn't he? Sean yes. Connery gets married as James Bond to a Japanese girl. No, doesn't, doesn't Lazenby... Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't James Bond get married in the Lazenby one? Oh, I can't remember. He definitely gets married to Sean Connery. Really? Yeah, and the girl gets poisoned. I can't help you. Okay, out. yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, it's a similar sort of thing in that, like, there's a car accident, like, as they're leaving their wedding, and she's killed, and he's like a total wreck. Right. And the idea, like, the reason that people didn't like it as much is because he was a human. It's too real. It's too real. It's like, no, James Bond is indestructible. So even in like the later ones, with um, like Roger Moore is the most unhuman. Right. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah. I'm and Roger Moore. Daniel Craig, like, spoiler alert, sorry, but he like loses Vespa Lind. And he's torn up about it, but he's not like he he sort of gets he goes robot and like doesn't deal with his feelings and just gets on with his life. Whereas right. Lazenby was like, why? And everyone's like, oh yuck, we don't like this character. Wow, that's interesting. Mm. Which is weird. Yeah, very weird. Um. So after Lazenby retired from the series, I'll um, be quiet again now. Please don't. <laughs> um, after he retired from the series, American John Gavin was signed to play the role. In Diamonds Are Forever. You really? Familiar? Diamonds Are Forever! I should say uh, Lazenby reckons that um, he, he 
rumors were he he feels that rumors were spread about him after quitting the movies that he was hard to work with and that sort of stuff. Other people say he was hard to work with, but he says that um, rumors were spread and it it made it very hard for him to find work afterwards. He sounds like a bit of a diva. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's one of the rumors, but I mean I I feel like there's always two sides, and I I don't know for sure, mm. but obviously don't know anything for sure. But yeah, this American guy John Gavin, I'm like I've never heard of this guy, but he. He signed on uh, to replace Lazenby. Amazing as well that Lazenby was offered such a long contract. How many? I think it was seven. Yeah, crazy. And then he did one and was like, nah. <laughs> He's like, he never even signed it. He did, Yeah, he yeah. just did one and, and went. So did he get paid? Yeah, he got paid for yeah, the movie. He still get movie. paid. Yeah. He didn't sign the contract. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so the, yeah, so have you heard of this John Gavin guy? No. no. Um. So and you know the film Diamonds Are Forever. You you'll probably know what I'm about to say. The head of United Artists wanted to bring back Sean Connery at any cost. He's like, not sure about this John Gavin guy. We need a sure thing like Sean Connery. Connery wasn't keen, um, but it, eventually he agreed to do one last film, getting paid a huge 1.25 million dollars. Remember, Lazenby was offered a million for seven. Seven. Wow. And that was a base salary plus an estimated 12.5% of the profits. Wow. So just a super sweet deal. So the money plus the profits. Yeah. 12.5% of profits though. That's huge. And Connery accepted that and ended up, he donated that to charity. Oh, Sean Connery. You wouldn't get that from Lazenby. He was, I believe, offered the role of Gandalf. Before really? Ian McKellen. No, see, I like Ian McKellen. And then he got the it? script and was like, I don't understand this. Even though, and I think they offered him like, well, I, I thought Connery had already retired. Like, like the five percent, five percent of the entire gross. What? It turns out that he would he would have made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, if but he said it, if he's he said pretty much. I think, I reckon he's pretty much given away acting. I think yeah. He's, yeah, he's in his eighties now. Though, McKellen and has, has no need for. McKellen has that gentleness. Yeah, yeah, but got, this is you know fifteen years ago. He's got the wisdom. Oh, there's something about him. I think he's right for the role. But you know, you say that with everyone, don't you? But yeah, he, I mean, probably Sean Connery probably would have done a great job. <laughs> Good on him. After Diamonds Are Forever, Connery retired from the Eon <laughs> Bond film franchise for realsies. He's for out now. But Done. He's done. Dunsies. Or is he? No, no he, he is definitely Dave. is. That's Come on, mate. That's what he's for realsies. Just, Come on, Dave. Are you that, sure? is, that is his last. Yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll never be James Bond again. He'll never be James Bond again. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, what I actually said was he would never be in an Eon Bond film again. So again, the hunt for a new Bond was on, and there and was the a hunt for Red October. There was a push. For that was also for Sean the, Connery. Yeah, I think that was her point, Dave. And there was a push <laughs> for the American John Gavin uh, to Did, get the gig. Have you ever heard of the film The Hunt for Red October? Because it's great, and I can't really remember, but I think Sean Connery may have had something to do with it. I think that's true. I think you're right. Yeah, I think he was in it. So did I say John Gavin, or he was paid out in full for his contract, you know, even though he was bumped off the movie? Really? Yeah. So they, they didn't fully fuck him or anything. Oh, that's kind of nice. But he, it, he was put forward again. There they was didn't some fully people that, fuck him. No, I mean, they... <laughs> they re- fucked him. They, well, I reckon they did. They pulled him yeah, off a film did. that they'd offered to him and he'd signed up on. Yeah. But they paid him. Yeah, but they paid him. So I guess pay, getting paid for not doing any work is kind of... The not dream. a bad... Not the a dream. bad... Hey, I would be James Bond tomorrow if I didn't have to be in a movie. <laughs> I with that. Would you say no to that, Jess? Though, so you can be James Bond. You don't have to be in a film. I'll just give you a million dollars. I'd be like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <sighs> I suppose. Where do I sign? Hang on, let me check my schedule. <laughs> yeah, I'm free. I don't have time to sign a contract. 
So, so again, uh, they were ke- some were keen to have John Gavin on the following film after Bond, uh, after Connery d- said he was it was done. So it's kind of like in stand up when somebody's really bad, so then you put on a good act after them to try and pick it back up. Is that what they've kind of done? Like Lazenby wasn't great, so they're like put Connery back in to lift it, get it back. I guess that was probably part of it, but I think also that. But they were, at the same time they were super keen to get Lazenby locked in for seven movies. True. So that they're, they're not they're they not actually think thinking. That he was crap. They wanted him long term, mm. but I think they didn't want to start making it chopping around a new guy, another new guy. Yeah, sure. I don't think that works as well. So they wanted to sort of steady the ship with a yep. with an existing guy the audience was familiar with. I, I assume that's mm-hmm. what they. But um, Harry Saltzman was insisted on the role being filled by a British actor, so he said, "No good for John Gavin, who was an American," and Racist. that's how Roger Moore um, got the gig as the next oh, Bond. I don't like you know, like, he's older than Sean Connery. Well, yeah, I hate Roger Moore. Life. Isn't that weird? It's, it is potentially weird. I don't like the Roger Moore one. I don't but like it, Roger Moore. Because he's like, you know, in his, what, maybe 40s when he's first playing Almost, like if you just, I mean, if you let me talk at all, I will, I will say facts like that. Fair enough. Moore's portrayal of Bond was much different uh, to the character in Fleming's novels. With a, It was a bit more comical, a bit sillier. Um, but he's also been voted, he was in one vote by the Academy Awards, apparently. He got more than 50% of the vote as the best Bond ever. Wow. Which was surprising me. I would have thought that that would always go to Connery. Obviously not. Again, I don't understand this world at all. <laughs> Moore, Moore is the longest serving James Bond. He made seven of the Eon produced Bond films in a row. Live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden Gun, The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, For Your Eyes. Oh wait! <laughs> For your eyes only, Octopussy, and a... <laughs> never heard it said like that. Look at that Octo Pussy. <laughs> wait, how do you say Octopussy? Octopussy. Octopussy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it getting made fun of by Bond nerds. No, oh, he said it wrong. What a loser! It sounds like a. I mean, it's a ridiculous word to begin with, but Octopussy. What's <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. Is it fine? Oh my god! I'm trying to back you up here. And a and a view to kill, a, a view to a kill, um, was his final one. He's also the oldest actor to have played Bond. He started in the role as a 45 year old. 45. Yeah, and played him all the way up to being 58 in a view to kill. Jesus. And he's still like a sex symbol. Though. No, I disagree. He's a good looking man. No, yuck. Even when he's young, come on. Blech. You don't think he's hot? Blech. Yeah, I thought I would have thought that would well, obviously. Blech. He's a good-looking, suave dude. Different strokes for different folks, Dave. <laughs> Jess is is vomiting on the ground. Well, I'm ro- taking that as some sort of an indication. I'm not cleaning that up, Dave. Fine. Well, Roger Moore really gets my octo pussy going. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Get, uh, yes, I, I have I, an octo pussy. I was about to explore what that meant, and then I decided not to. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna backtrack a little bit now. In the early '60s, before Eon was set up. Um, Fleming worked on a script for a Bond film with an independent producer named Kevin McClory. Great name. And script writer Jack Whittingham. Also good. Uh, the project was eventually abandoned, but Fleming used much of the script in his novel Thunderball. Thunderball. Only he gave no writing credit to McClory or Whittingham. Brutal. He fucking dogged him. <laughs> oh, no. I've re- I've, I actually wrote he bloody dogged him, but I took it up a notch. Interesting. That's how strong you feel about this. Some when, creative liberties. When you flick the mic on... You just never know what you're going to get from me. I'm a wild dog. I always say that about you. Yeah. So, Matt Stewart, what's he like? Bloody wild dog when the mic's on, mate. Jeez Louise. Wild cat when the mic's off. 
whatever. Is that anything? McClory you went on small animals in the in the wilderness. McClory <laughs> went on to sue Fleming in a copyright claim. He was successful, and in the settlement deal, McClory scored a production credit on the Eon film adaptation of Thunderball. Great, it's already been at the movie, so no one saw your name, mate. So what a what a loss. No, that's not true. the The novel, the movie came out quite a long way. After oh right, the novel, so I yeah. thought this was ages later. No, no, this is. Yeah. Got so sassy there, Dave. You did get a little so sassy. So got to there. see his name. Well, I'm happy for him. I am. <laughs> you got to be a producer and a b- b- thing. That's great. Was he an ass prod? He no no full prod. Oh yeah yeah. Live and, live and dream, Dave. Oh, imagine, one day, mate. Imagine going to be to be a full prod. But that that wasn't the big one. I mean, that was big. But the bigger probably the bigger thing was that he also got the right to produce a different film based on that story. But he had to wait at least a ten year period. That was the deal. Aha. Uh-huh. He did a deal, which he did. <gasps> and that film was called Never Say Never Again. Uh, I thought it was Thunderpants. It starred Thunder Rupert Pants. Grint. It's, uh, is that actually a movie? Yep. He's had a bit of a fall from great. The other two have done really no, well. No, it was still during the Harry Potter franchise. What's he done, though? He's been in a movie called Thunderpants. Thunderpants. And he would say it like, Thunderpants. He guests on Conan I or one of those shows funny. every now and then, doesn't he? And does, oh, no, that's... Simon Pegg doing him. <laughs> I Dr- love drunk, Simon Pegg. Drunk Rod, Ron Weasley is like a recurring thing. I love does. Simon Pegg. Ah, got a little confused there. Is that? Do you, do you think that means his career's still going well? Someone's parodying a character he used to play. Yes. Yeah, I think so. So it's essentially a, "Never Say Never Again" is essentially a remake of Thunderball, obviously. Um, and it, but it's seen as an unofficial Bond film, which mm. I find really interesting. It's like it's not official unless it's an Eon film mm. in the Bond nerds' uh, heads. You guys, mm-hmm. I, I, guess I must say, every true. time that there's a trivia question about James Bond, I would always write, "We are note, we are only counting official Eon productions." Right, great. Um, so McClory got Sean. Have you guys seen Never Say Never Again? Yeah, mm, I don't. Maybe not. Maybe, yeah, you might be an Eon only type. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a diehard fan. I'll go there. I mean, because Sean Connery's in it, so it's, to me, it seems like a real movie. Mc- well, okay, great. McClory got Sean... He's a little spoiler there for Oh, sorry. Me. You fucking idiot. I didn't realise you said that. You fucking idiot. McClory got... It's funny, Jess's script actually says, you bloody idiot, but she just got really <laughs> into that. Call me a fucking idiot. <laughs> McClory got Sean Connery involved as a consultant for the project uh, right up off the top. And eventually, at 52 years of age, and despite having sworn he would never, ever play Bond again, was con- he got convinced to play the role of 007 in the that movie. So oh, cool. are you surprised by that? <laughs> so surprised. So he's just like, one more time. So this is, you know, quite a few years after he last did. Um, and... Which uh, this I found really fun. The name of the film is actually a reference to Connery's vow to never play the role again. Oh, that's very good, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Oh, it? I see. Because he said no, is, no, no. Is this true that is it actually is it a quip from his wife? It's a, it was so his it his wife actually suggested it, and she is acknowledged at the end of the credits where it says title "Never Say Never Again" by Micheline Connery. Really, that's so. Awesome. I remember hearing Micheline, Micheline probably Micheline. Michelin star. She is a, She's a star. She's got three hats. Because he said, no, I won't do I'll, it. I'll never, never do it again. Never. I and like, then he it, bloody did. It, it just, to me, it sounds like a classic Bond, Bond title. It just, I it saw works. Yeah. Yeah. You only live twice. Never yeah. say never again. Yeah. It makes sense. Diamonds it, are forever. Because it was initially going to be called Thunderpants. And I think this <laughs> was a much better suggestion. Uh, Thunderpants. <laughs> 
It's terrible. You should check out the, what a the fall trailer. Grace. It's really good. What a fall. Fleming's uh, trustees continue to fight the, fight the release of this film in court. Um, but would you believe it? Not successful. Well, but they couldn't because they got the right to make the movie. Yeah, that... they had the right. So, yeah, it was interesting. They were obviously working on a different... Um, trying to find some sort of a hole in there. Do you reckon if you offered Sean Connery now at 80, whatever he is, 84 years of age, $1 billion to play the role again, he'd do it? I wonder. Because, I mean, what what's money when you're 80 yeah, cause he's, and he's, you've he's got enough heaps. money? Yeah. But, I mean, it's so, unless you're like, I'd love to have some money because I think there's some really good things yeah, I could like, do. Yeah, like, all right, I'll donate all that money to... Then maybe you would think about if you could be... Like, if you just felt like you could humanly possibly... Humanly possibly. Humanly possibly. Oh, boy. The movie was directed by Irvin Kirshner. Familiar with him at all? Another good name. Oh, it's a great name, but I don't know his work. Three years earlier, he directed a little film called The Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. Oh. Don't know it. Was that uh, the prequel to The Emperor's New Groove? <laughs> the llama film. Yes. The Empire Strikes Back was the prequel. Starring David Spade as a llama. Was it that one? Yeah. Hmm. Great. Very good. As you were. The film had mixed Patrick re- Warburton is in that too. Very funny. The film had mixed reviews but was a financial success. It grossed $160 million at the box office from a budget of $36 million, which uh, went very close to the... Uh, official Eon Bond release of the same year, which was Ro- Roger Moore's Octo Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Which grossed around $180 million. I genuinely don't know what I'm doing wrong there. Nothing. You're, you're beautiful. You're, you're saying <laughs> Octo Pussy. Octopussy. Octopus. Like octopus. an octopus. Like octopus. octopus. No, just say octopus. Yeah, right. Octopus. So say, like, octopus. Say, you, say, you were, say somebody was like, that octopus... Bit too octopussy for me. Yeah, bit too octopussy. There we go. Attacked by an octopus. <laughs> yeah, no, I see what you're saying. It it's sucked o- me in. It's octopus with an e at the end. Correct. Octopussy. Yeah, there right. There we go. Right. I like I like how I do it better. I, I was going to say I'm really disappointed. If you have to say it again, please don't listen to us. After Moore hung up the tux, Welsh actor Timothy Dalton became James Bond in The Living Daylights in 1987, and Licensed to Kill in 1989. Is he Welsh. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He is seen as being more faithful to the original Bond of Fleming's novels, and despite only appearing in the two movies, he seems to be one of the more highly regarded um, Bonds amongst fans. Mm. I don't know. How would you feel about that, Dave? It's probably... I think of the... It's harder because he was only in two, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm less, less familiar yeah. with him than the others, but Agreed. I've definitely seen the movies. But... I think of the, of the Bond movies because by the time I started watching them, it was um, Pierce Brosnan. Mm. So I've probably seen most of Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig yeah. and then back to Sean Connery and sort of skipped, I think, a, a bunch of the middle chunks. I don't think I've seen as much of Timothy Dalton. I suppose there's only two, but like I, I can't remember them as clearly as I can the more recent ones. So I don't know. I reckon we we should do a poll or something of listeners' favourite one, and we we should we should watch it. So, but is he really that high regarded? Because didn't sort of James Bond start to sort of peter out for a few years? For, well, I mean, that? I'm only going off what I read. Apparently, mm. fans fans are right into his portrayal. So because it, it, the longest time between Bonds changing actors is between him and Pierce, and I thought it was because people were a bit over it. Like, oh yeah. Another Bond. And then it was time for like but, a resurgence. And then Goldeneye was like, this is awesome. But and I mean, that, that's not necessarily, that's timing more than his betrayal, right? That's just Bond fatigue, potentially. Yeah, there potentially. was also, he was meant to be doing a third one and maybe more, but there was a long gap and he sort of lost patience or... Yeah, he's, yeah, he's actually doing the one next year. Yeah, they're no, bringing I'm, him back. I'm talking about Dalton. Yeah, yeah. 
There's been a 30 year gap, but he's back. He's back. He's at back, age, baby. Age 60. Huh. There you go. I don't understand what you guys are talking about. After Dalton, it was Pierce Brosnan's turn. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the first one I can remember. Uh, he was Bond in 1995's GoldenEye. That's the one I saw. So I was, I was five when I stood up at the movies. That is so cute. Which is also... Which is, to, looking back, is wildly inappropriate to take a five-year-old yeah, to see so that movie. Young. Yeah, it's, I, To be I honest, it's unfair to the other people in that cinema. Nah, well. It's also, like, I remember it more um, as a kid... Because it was a super popular video game. Yes. Oh, Same movie played all the time. Yeah, I loved playing such it. Such a good so Nintendo good. 64 game. So good. It was a 64, wasn't it? Yep. I remember playing it. He was also in 97's Tomorrow Never Dies, which is a cool name, and 99's The World Is Not Enough, and 2002's Die Another Day. Which Shocker. one was Halle Berry in? Shocker. Die one of them day? had an invisible car, which apparently was a bit silly. Yes. It had like a really good section, but a lot of that movie was a bit too silly. Apart from Piss's first one, I wouldn't bother watching the others. Die Another right. Day is one with the Madonna song, isn't it? Yeah, and the, like the South Korean guy with diamonds in his yes! face. Yes! I remember him. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's a funny Who's, I thought that was who cool. Has, who has a face swap? Um, a la Face Off with Nicolas Cage yeah, and Donald Walter. Another great film. He swaps his face too from the South Korean dude to look like an English man. Oh, creepy. As well as um, Brosnan's four roles in Bond, he also played the role of Ultra House 3000 in the Simpsons Halloween special, The Treehouse of Horror 12. So was it, yeah, yeah. Remember that one, Dave? Yeah, yeah. when he was playing Hal. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was a fun episode. Um, I remember that too, Matt. I've also watched The Simpsons, thanks. Uh, I found <clears> different <throat> opinions on how good Brosnan was as Bond. Like, to me, as a kid, he was basically the only Bond I knew. So yeah. he, wa- he was Bond, you know? Yep. Um, Same. Yeah, I feel feel that way. And I yeah. reckon at that time, I didn't even really, I wasn't aware that there were previous Bonds. It was yeah. just he was Bond. Um, so I was kind of curious to hear what he thought about his time as Bond. So ah. I found this interview um, with an English newspaper that asked him if he ever re-watches the movies. And it, uh, and it says in, in reply, he mock shudders. I have no desire to watch myself as James Bond because it's just never good enough. He laughs mirthlessly. It's a horrible feeling. Wow. So he, he's, I he don't think he loves his time. But he also, in, in that interview, he also talked about how he really appreciates the opportunity to do it. I think he's been a bit self-deprecating as well. Because he's like, th- that role gave him the opportunity to set up a production company, make a lot of mil- movies of his own. Yeah. yeah. And, a, and a, you know, a, a, oh, yeah. a really... Before that, what had he been in? Mrs. Doubtfire. Which was uh, great. But, but he was Which all... was great. He was yeah, in yeah, a... yeah, yeah, he's good in it too. <laughs> Yeah, he was good. He was in. He was in different. He was in a successful uh, British TV show, which I can't remember the name of. Yeah. Um. After Brosnan, and then we're up to the current man, Daniel Craig. His... So you so you think Daniel Craig is a hot? Out of attractiveness, I've got to ask Jess because you're not into Roger Moore, who I thought was a pretty classically but, handsome guy. Mm. Who's the hottest? Based on what Jess said before, right? Modern women like Jess. Mm. Would be into Daniel Craig, right? Exactly. Is that how it works? Yeah. As a general rule? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Daniel Craig's a babe. Babe. Huge babe. But you, yeah. Babe. Who, He's babe. who would be the next closest? Sean Connery. Dave, what about you? Sean Connery. Would he be your number one? Yeah. But that's good. But, but I think that mine is. My attractive factor is definitely. Attractor. More, my attractor is definitely more based on how cool I think they are. Very true. And as a kid, I always thought, I was watching the old ones with my dad and be like, man, this guy is so yeah, cool. Yeah, Sean Connery I think is cool. I think Daniel Craig is, uh, he's quite cold. 
mm. as well. But I love him as Quite serious. I think, I think he's great. Because you, you do get like, um, Pierce Brosnan was a bit fun. He was a bit cheeky. I feel like Daniel Craig's a bit more serious. Okay, I'm looking at them yeah. all. Oh, Pierce Brosnan was actually a bit of a babe too. Yeah, that, I think that I reckon you could make an argument. They're all babes. They're all but babes. I, I, I kind of like their their stances. Also, feel like they. Matt's, Matt's showing us a picture of show, them. All. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Yeah, because you're talking about their stance. He's showing uh, us a picture. So I, I reckon mm. Timothy Dalton's a yeah, he's a, he's a hunk. Yeah. He's a hunk, but I quite like how uh, our man Lazenby standing. is standing. It's like it's kind he's of very like cash. He's very he? cash. Mm, no, I still I think. Daniel Craig in that one. He looks so like... Is that because Daniel Craig... Because in the photo, they've all got tiny guns, except Daniel Craig, who's standing... It's like an AK-47 AK-47 or something. style, machine gun in one hand, button oh, the... top open, mm-hmm. no bow tie. Mm. All the others have got bow ties. And well, actually... most of them are holding their guns with two hands, like they're little pissy guns with two hands. Yeah, they're smaller, and he's got the biggest he's... gun, he's holding it one hand. That's hot. <laughs> so you love a man with a gun. I love a man. If I showed you this You'll, picture you just love again... A man. I love a manly man. Jess, if, I sh- if I showed you this picture again, would you be surprised to know that only one of them's holding it with two hands? <laughs> well, was I wrong? <laughs> I said most, didn't I? Wh- yeah. Which one is it? Is it? Oh, hang on. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's Connery, isn't it? It's Pierce. Fuck. Fuck. Connery's holding his elbow. Fuck. So is George. <laughs> anyway. A real man holds his elbow and I... <gasps> I always that. hold my elbow. I respect that. That was a weird... We really needed uh, video footage for that little <laughs> bit to work. Anyway. We'll, we'll upload the photo. Um, so after after Brosnan, uh, we're up to Craig, right? Yes. His first film was Casino Royale, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which obviously they Eon... brought back. Yeah, got the rights yeah. back. Uh, and it, and it, it sounds like it was a kind of complicated um, deal that happened and there were court cases involved. Sony... Were trying to start their own Bond series, I think, because oh, okay. they had the rights to Casino Royale and they wanted to make, you know, be able to make spin-offs of that. Cause they sort of had the right to it, but in the end, uh, MGM, who MGM Goldmire or whatever, mm-hmm. um, went up against them because they have the rights to the rest via with Eon and some complicated deal, or maybe not that complicated. I'm not sure. Uh, in the end, the way it went was Sony um, had to pay MGM. Um, five million because of they oh. lost that case, but in that deal somehow Sony sold the rights to Casino Royale to MGM for ten million. So they made five million but lost the rights to the movie, which it sounded like they didn't weren't going to sure. be able to do much with anyway. Cause, yeah, okay. Because Sony's keen to make franchises; they want to make movies with spin-offs. Right. Yeah, I mean, in the scheme of things, $5 million is nothing if you're mm-hmm. making five James Bond movies. Totally. Because these days, the budget's like $200 million plus. Yeah. Insane, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's I, chump change to them. I don't know if it's, an, um, if it's a popular opinion or not, but I love Casino Royale. I uh, love it. Oh, That's a ripper. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to so talk good. briefly about it now. So, Casino Royale, uh, the Daniel Craig version, was the third um, on-screen portrayal of the novel mm-hmm. Casino Royale after the ones we talked about earlier, the 1955 black and white TV movie and also the 67 parody with Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. It was also the first film to be based on a Fleming story since 1987's The Living Daylights. So now, like, oh. all, most of the modern movies are, are um, just made for the, the film sure. and so, some of them are novelised afterwards. But all these books that are being written by the new novelists, they're not... Being turned into movies, which is get, interesting to me. So they, 
I think that's, so they probably just hire a screenwriter to think of a new story. Then yeah. Get yeah. Them, they're, they're just, they just exist in movie world now and they'll go back to being novelised by a writer afterwards. Yeah, sure. Which is sort of interesting. It's sort of, I'm kind of like, why, are there, why don't they base them on the novels that are still being mm. written? Yeah, I don't know. There's so many to choose from. But obviously they j- it just doesn't have the same pool as a, a Fleming story. Um, and this film also marks a reboot of the series where Craig portrays a less experienced Bond. Mm. It's it's almost like going back to yeah. So it starts again because he gets his double O at the start. Yeah, of the he, movie. he earns right. his double O. Yeah, which is re- it's it's and the opening is awesome. So, it's so good. good. But then so are you going to cool. talk about the follow up movie? Uh, only only in name because Quantum, Quantum of Solace, Solace is an absolute disappointment. Yeah, it's not the good. The story sucks. It's really short. It's not good. But and I gave up. And then Skyfall. Oh my God, Skyfall is so good. Possibly the best James Bond movie. Right, it's, it's so good. So great. Ralph Fiennes. Oh, he's great. Fuck me, he's a, he's so good. Have you seen Skyfall, Matt? Have you seen Skyfall? I don't, I don't Maddie, know. Maddie, we've Which got to Which is watch the Skyfall. one where someone's in it? They're in like a farm house. People Ooh. really like that one, and I I fell asleep during it. That might Bastards. Be, no, I think you're thinking of Skyfall. Where yeah, they, they there was go a scene the... in there, and they were, it was almost like a hostage, not a hostage sort of. They were sort of hiding, hiding out, out. Yeah, that's Skyfall. They go to Skyfall. It, that's the one you reckon's good. Yes, I fell, fell asleep. asleep. In that. Great. Yeah, but I was but tired. God, that was great. And Javier Bardem is one of the best bad guys, <gasps> and he is... pulled some of his face. Oh up. my god, yeah. he is incredible. Yeah, he's... he's so spooky. There's that that first scene where he's introduced, he was... and it's just that really long talking shot of him just walking. It's one continuous shot yeah, as he gets about... closer and closer to the screen. Oh my god, so good. He talks about his mother's farm and rats on an island. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. That, I think you've that's seen the movie, Skyfall. but I just I don't oh. think I saw it all because I fell asleep. But it, great, it's interesting because I didn't. I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. But oh. I think you've got. I, it feels like Star Wars. You've got to have been into it as a kid, maybe a yeah. bit, and really, and there's some nostalgia with every time you see it. I reckon. I saw Skyfall at the movies three times, and I'd never do that with films. I never go to the movies. We maybe go twice a year. Yeah, I saw it. So I saw it twice with my girlfriend because she. Is not a Bond fan, Matt, but she loved that one. Yeah. So we saw it again. And then my dad said, oh, do you want to go? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I see you every time with my dad. So I didn't tell him. And we went. And the credits are playing. And my dad's a lifelong Bond fan. He turns to me and goes, I reckon that was one of the best Bond films I've ever seen. And I went, I know. I've seen it three times. <laughs> and he was like, what? Oh, that's so good. That's a nice moment. Well, yeah, it was really cool. And he was like, what? And then we saw the latest one, Spectre, which was pretty good. And at the end, he was like, have you seen that twice before? And I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot Spectre existed. Did you see that one? Yeah, I have seen Spectre and I've already forgotten it. I need to rewatch Spectre. Apparently, it's, apparently that one's quite good. But it's a, pretty good. It's better than Quantum Oh, Souls. yes. Actually, I really like the new Q. Young Q. Oh, yes. I really like Q. And Q is the character that gives the gadgets? Yes, and it was John Cleese right. at one before point, that, too, was which like, was really fun. This actor, Robert Llewellyn, for about... He, like, was, he was it forever. Like 15 movies. It was so good. But do you know what? I think you're absolutely right in a sense there, Matt. I know that you've probably got a lot more to talk about. Not a lot more. But I think you're absolutely right in that uh, whether it's something that you have to watch as a kid and then a new form of love for it, but it's definitely sentimental. Like, it has to be. I reckon I watched the um, Pierce Brosnan ones probably with my family and anything that I watched with my family, especially my older brother, as a kid, I just hold on to now. Yeah. Like Wayne's World. Not a great movie, but I fucking Wayne love was, it. That's a really good movie. It's, it's my, so good. Really, really right? good movie. It's in my top five ever. My love brother and it. I watch that together like all the time. 
Like it's, yeah, I think that's an awesome movie. Yeah, it's great. So and with um with the Daniel Craig Bond movies, my ex boyfriend and I used to love Casino Royale, and like every couple of months we would watch it. Like it would be like, "What do you want to do tonight? <laughs> Let's watch Casino Royale." We just watch it all the time. We loved it's it. Funny, it's awesome. So like that that was Daniel Craig's first movie, and so I've just loved all of the ones he's done. I, since. I did see. I saw one of them at the cinemas. One of the Daniel Craig ones, and all I the only moment I remember from it is like the camera is following him right. And then they fall through like a glass ceiling, but the camera just is locked onto their angle. So when they fall over, the camera follows them, and it just like the whole screen is like it flips down. What movie is that one? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. I just remember that moment going, wow. I think it might have even been the disappointing one Quantum of Solace. Maybe. Might be. That or the first one. Anyway, this is just. Probably pretty dull. We just turned no, into, turn into a fan podcast. The best is when um, <laughs> in Casino Royale he gets poisoned and then he has to go out to the car to defibrillate himself and he can't plug it in properly and they're trying to like they're they're talking to him through the car and like you got to plug it in ah and then he like he dies and then Vesper resuscitates him because she came out and he's like oh are you okay and she's like what you just died and then he gets back into play poker again and the bad guy who tried to kill him is surprised that he's there and James is like sorry that last hand. Almost killed me. <laughs> so good. It's classic Bond so sort good. of quip. And that was that Mads quip. Mikkelsen, that guy's the sheaf. The sheaf. The cries tears. Cries so blood. He was a really. He was a good. Te- I just said he cries tears. tears. We all do, what mate. A he cries blood. <laughs> Can you? Ma- ma- like it's probably too much for a, like a not a lifelong fan to imagine someone who cries tears, but this guy <laughs> does it. You uh, wouldn't look, believe. That's over my head, man. So this, you kind of touched on this earlier, Dave, which I was laughing at the um, the Bond people, uh, but you, you outed yourself as one. When Craig was announced as the new 007, the fan backlash was extreme. Apparently they protested that he should have been disqualified by his blonde hair alone. Yes, but I was with, I but, was with him. But also, like, I mean, you couldn't possibly dye his hair or anything. Mm. But also be- <laughs> because he was too bland of an actor to play the suave Bond. Agreed. He is kind of bland. But it, you, you said it works really well. That's the funny thing with nerds. It's like, not, mm. I mean, everyone's sort I of I actually nerds, I learned from that to just... As a, you l- just like trust. the next one, I would, funny? I would give them a go. That's funny, yeah. If they cast someone who was who I thought would be terrible, I'd still be like, I'll watch it. Because it I thought that he would be awful and he's great. It's, it's great. funny because it, it's hard. Even, I reckon he had... It must have been so good to overcome that. Because I reckon when people shut their mind off to something, they'll often dislike yeah, it if it's never. line ball. Mm. But it has to be so good to turn people over from going, I know this is going to be shit. Because yeah. you have to say, oh, I was wrong. And that's hard for your brain to do, I reckon. That's true, yeah. Especially if it's something that is um, subjective like that. I don't. If think... it's objective, it's sort of like, all right, yeah, that definitely says the number yeah. two on the screen. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said yeah. it couldn't be done, but I'm looking at it too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true, yeah. That's um, two. So, despite the nerds and their backlash, the film proceeded, and when it was released, it was met with universal acclaim, and he's gone on to successfully, I mean, this is all redundant now because we've talked about it, but he's gone on to successfully play the role in three more films, Quantum of Solace, which was disappointing, Skyfall, which was meant to be one of the best ever, and Spectre, which was meant to be quite good. Mm. There's plenty of of lists that rank the movies online, and they're all sort of... You know, they're all a bit different, but Most Skyfall is towards the top. Skyfall. I loved Skyfall. Goldfinger is Sean Connery's best one. Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Shirley Bassey. 
Uh, in an interview shortly after, I'm, I'm almost um, wrapping up here. In an interview shortly after Spectre rapped, he famously said that he would rather slash his wrists than do another Bond movie. What? But more recently, he backtracked from that comment saying, They say that shit sticks. Well, that definitely stuck. It was the day after filming stopped on Spectre. I'd been away for home, from home for a year. Boo-hoo. It's a good gig. I enjoy it. Everyone's a bit tired. As far as I'm concerned, I've got the best job in the world. I'll keep doing it as long as I still get a kick out of it. If I were going to stop doing it, I'd miss it terribly. Oh, that's good. Because I like him. But it's still not clear whether or not he will be back next year. He hasn't locked it in. They're keen, but they're sort of, apparently the producers are panicking a bit and it's putting the next movie in a bit of turmoil. Oh, but he's still, he's still odds on favourite to great. be back oh. for at least one more. And you know what? Like, I think what we can learn from the James Bond entire series is that it's always hard when there's going to be a new one. Like, yeah, I remember Daniel Craig and I was like, come on, this is going to be yeah. shit. Yeah, you and see he's a photo great. Of him, like, because it's such big news that it's yeah. on the news that night. Announced. And you're like, what? And you learn to love that Bond. But, you know, when there's a new one, I will I will be open to it. But it, it is funny, yeah. That, I reckon that's, such a, that's a way more fun way to live is to go, oh, this is exciting. It's a new chapter. Yeah. I can't wait to see what this is like rather than like, Oh, this is gonna be shit. I bet yeah. if you yeah, it's it's pretty negative. Because it's way, still gonna because it? like the movies themselves, they're just those fun action movies where there's heaps of explosions and fight scenes, and it's so over the top. You're like, this is all bullshit. That's he should have died eight times, know, and the, the movie's been going for six minutes. For me, that's always been the weirdest thing for a movie like Austin Powers. Is it's a parody of James Bond, but James Bond is kind of a parody in yeah. itself. Yeah, he has like. Often they have like in jokes. They look at the camera. The names are silly. Yeah, they have exploding pens. Like it's all kinds of crazy, so silly stuff. Oh man, I read this. I read about a there was a, a bunch of different sort of um, uh, Bond movies made by other makers. It were just they weren't Bond movies, but they were you know they were Bond movies. You mm. can tell they were ripoffs. And one of them was done by in Italy. And they got Sean Connery's brother to play the character with a different name. No, and apparently they was, called him Brad Connery. It was it was awful. Um, well, no, his yeah, his name was whatever Connery. I think it was, and he um he at the end of the movie, the bad guy or the boss probably goes said something like um, not bad, not bad, because he saved the day. Not bad, almost as good as your brother Sean Connery or something <laughs> like that. And then they turn to the camera and wink or something. Oh, it's so, so funny. In case you didn't get yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I was trying to look up on Netflix what what um, Bond movies are on because I was like, I want to go home and watch James yeah, Bond. This has this has definitely made me more interested. And I, I'm sure it's it's the kind of thing you've just got to get in the right mindset. Like, yeah. you know, I was talking about being the nerds being negative about a new one. I'm sure I'd do that just about the whole, se- the yeah. whole series. Yeah, right. Oh, it's just silly, but it's just fun. It's yeah. just fun. You yeah. just have to go on with the right frame of mind. But I also think why people are so negative about new ones is probably because they're just really protective of a thing they love. Absolutely. Yeah, they don't want someone to come in and fuck it up and they assume that someone will because yeah. they love it so hard Absolutely. that they don't trust. They oh. It's hard to give away that trust to some. That was and they're, they're usually new directors and stuff like that as well. So that was me with the Hunger Games series. <laughs> like you're gonna fuck this up, and and they kind of did. Oh, no, yeah. it was fine. Anyway, that was an irrelevant point. So that's basically the end of my report. I've got some what I've called fun facts question mark. Great, they're not. I don't know if they are super fun. You, but you did mention talking about the songs. Yes, I was going to do that right at the end great, as well. Great. Sorry to jump in there. Oh no, that's I'm fine. just really excited to talk about it and sing. <laughs> There was 
<laughs> the other comments, I'm just going through the other comments that came through on the um, people who voted on this topic. One of them said, why did George What's-His-Face do only one movie? Oh, there we go. You've answered that. You've answered that. That's good. Oh, another guy's gone... Because um, he wanted to bond with his kids. Especially, Someone said, especially if you talk about the different parts of bond and how they belong to other people, which I think we sort of did, but also about Jimmy Bond. Jimmy oh, Bond. and he also asked for more Sean Connery impressions. There we we did not do very many of those. There you go, um, Dave. But <coughs> Jimmy Bond, I've looked up Jimmy Bond. Have you guys heard of Jimmy Bond? Is that a kid's series? No, apparently it's a it's a character from the X-Files. Oh, I thought there was also like a kid's Who on the X-Files? Bond. First appearing in a, the episode called Bond, Jimmy oh. Bond. Oh, lol. <laughs> Can you describe him? He's a fictional character. You're an X-Files fan. Oh, I love it. Seen them all. Cool. Um... From the Lone Gunman well. and the X Files, so two different sci-fi shows, I've some seen, sort of crossover. Oh yes, I do know Jimmy Bond. He, he's he like made one su- appearance in the X Files. Oh great, and he he's like the doofus in the Lone Gunman, which is an X Files spin-off. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Can you? Because I didn't look into him. I I didn't miss that comment until now. Can you tell us anything about him? Oh, he's just or that listener. He's just sort of a like a silly. Character. It's just a silly boy. All right, I think that's enough. I think he'll be happy no, with that. I think he'll tick that Jimmy one Bond, off. And I love silly the Lone boy. Gunman. I love the X Files. That's interesting. You uh, you have a lot in common with some of our listeners, obviously. Because they're all a pack of nerds. Here's a fact. I don't think this is super fun, but the immortal catchphrase Bond, James Bond, was first used in the novel Casino Royale. So I was there from ah, right, right from the beginning. That's we'll, cool. So we all have a go. <clears throat> the James Bond. James Bond. Oh, are we Basically, doing accents? Connery. Yeah, they, okay. the guy wanted it. He requested okay, it. but do I have to do a Connery or can I just no, do... you can do a Roger Moore if you like. No, can you do a Daniel really Craig? I'd rather not. <clears throat> nah, I can't. I'm anyway. well, I'll try. I can't wait. Connery, what's a con- Connery word to get me in? Something like... This yeah. This will get me going, right? Money, How about this? No, this one I think will get me into the mood and then I'll do the line. Bond. James, James. Bond. All right. All right, now I'll do the line. Okay. Bond. James Bond. James. James, James Bond. Bond. James. <laughs> I love that. Shake and not stir. Shake and not stir. You're kind of like, your James voice is Bond. so deep, it's like an octave lower than Sean Connery. <laughs> an octopussy lower. <laughs> one octopussy lower. That's so funny. <sighs> James Bond. Uh, John F. Kennedy asked Ian Fleming how to defeat Fidel Castro, apparently. That's a that's fun, is that a fun so, fact? Yes, that's a fun fact. So apparently cool. the, the Bond novels weren't super popular in the USA until uh, John F. Kennedy listed From Russia with Love as one of his 10 favorite books in an interview with Life magazine in 1961. And that brought it to the attention of that's mainstream so funny. America. How cool. Imagine having that much influence. Kennedy met... I assume we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, everyone, To Kill a Mockingbird is one of my favourite books. So. Oh, what's that? It's suddenly one of the best-selling best books of all time. <laughs> that obscure book. There you go. Nailed it. You're welcome. Kennedy met Fleming at a dinner in 1960 and asked him about overthrowing Fidel Castro. Apparently, Fleming gave Kennedy a bizarre plot that included convincing Castro his beard attracted radiation, causing Castro to shave off his beard and thus totally destroying his mojo. <laughs> But that would work, though. I, love I mean, it. we laugh, but that Man, would work. And he, he lived until, like, you know, last month because he didn't implement that plan in 1965. That's true. It's, wow, what a missed opportunity. Can't argue with that. Um, yeah. This one's less fun than that, probably. But M. 
um, you know, the name M was the boss. Yes. Yes. That was the uh, what? That was Ian Fleming's nickname for his own mum. M. M. <gasps> I like that. I might call my mum M. That's funny. M. Actually, no, because my sister-in-law's name is Emma, and I call her M. And it'll get very confusing at Fine. Christmas dinner when I say. Hey, M, and they both turn around. All right, and... at Christmas dinner, I'll call your mum, M. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's She'll fair. She'll know. Because she knows that I refuse to speak to Emma. We have After our... what happened. Yeah, we've got our differences. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's putting it lightly. <laughs> She's a human ray of sunshine. Oh, a human something. <laughs> that can't be said. Dave hates my sister-in-law for some reason. I quite like her. I think she's very nice. What's mm. her name? Joanne? <laughs> she's a good, good lady. Oh, bully. And your brother's a good guy too. Well done, everybody. Hey, uh, just before we go, though, I said earlier, let's. Yes. I want to hear your favourite songs, and I found this article, and there's a few of these, but I found this one on digitalspy.com, uh, and it's listed the th- the 23 main tracks there would at be whatever a... point this was, 2015. There'd be a few that were either nominated or won Oscars. Cause my Only favorite... two, and it's the last two. Because my favourite is Skyfall. That's the first one to win an Oscar. Was that the first? And, uh, Fuck yeah, Adele. S- Spectre this year or last year by... Um, oh, shit. That was... Um, Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Yeah, okay, that was so, good too. So what, what was your favourite again? I like Skyfall best. It's a great theme. It's so good. Skyfall the, ranks... The Adele one. In this one, it ranks... What, is this like most popular? nine. Oh, it's just some some idiot's opinion. I'd cool. say I really do like Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Yeah, Goldfinger. Surely Goldfinger is great, and that is number four. Okay. My favourite, which is probably shows that I oh I've got a few, but I bet one Matt a, a likes song. the Jack White one, don't you? Yes, I the do. Alicia Keys. Jack White and Alicia oh, Keys. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah, it's a really good song. They rank that as the worst. Uh, do they? Yeah. They, that's the that's a good one. What I do they rank as really number one? Song. I'll go through the top few. My other one that I really like, which I've only heard recently because Chris of Cornell. our friend uh, Oliver Clark, is a great singer and comedian. He great singer. He sings this sometimes. It's the Tom Jones one. You know that one? I don't Thunderball. Tom Jones. Oh yes, yes, yes. Oh. So I really like that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But I've only really heard um, Oliver Clark's rendition. <laughs> Here are the top five. Okay. Number five, Golden Eye by Tina Turner. Ugh. That's nineteen ninety five. Mm. Number four, Goldfinger, Gold Shirley Bassey. Goldfinger. Yeah. Number three is a Kraken tune, Live and Let Die, Paul, Paul McCartney. Live and Wings. Let yeah. Die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That's, that's that. Cool Actually, one. yeah, fuck, that's a good one. Number two, We Have All the Time in the World, Louis Armstrong, 1969. Oh, I don't know. That's from the George Lazenby. Oh, yeah, don't know that one. And this is interesting. It goes, George Lazenby only played James Bond once, but boy, what a movie. On Her Majesty's Secret Service was a cracker across the board. Great Bond girl in Diana Rigg, great villain in Telly Savalas' Blowfield, and the only 007 film that, that'll legit make you cry, which is probably... Mm. Which and is other interesting. people went the other way and they were like... Ugh. Yeah, so I think, that, I think overwhelmingly people seem to dislike it, but there are people like... Uh, mm. Does it make you cry tears or blood? Blood. <laughs> Blood. The sheaf. Blood like blood like normal people or tears like tears this like weird this crazy, Bond villain. This crazy Mads Mickelson. And number one, uh, which is a uh, is what you joked about earlier, Duran Duran's A View to a Kill. No. Duran Duran number one. 
So it makes me feel like listening to what you guys have said, this this might be a poorly constructed list. But well, hey, but it's subjective, and that person is allowed to have that opinion. I, I agree, and I think it'd be really nice to hear uh, listeners' feedback on yeah. if, if you do have a favorite, favorite tune. movie, favorite tune, favorite actor. I'd love to hear all three. That would yeah. be amazing, and you can um, get into contact with us. Get into contact. Get into contact. Get into bed with us, yep. but also get hey. in contact with us. I didn't agree to that. Oh, I definitely did. Oh, when I said us, I was talking about me and Dave. Yeah. Cool. I was going to say me, but Dave, while I was bringing my thumbs to my chest, <laughs> he, agreed. He, he agreed, so I, I broadened it to me and him. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, at Do Go On Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Do Go On Pod on Facebook. Do Go On Pod at gmail.com. On gmail.com and Great. of course Patreon if you'd like to vote for Matt's future topics mm. or get the extra episodes that we upload once a month it's uh, so a Patreon exclusive or we, we've started doing a newsletter yeah, that's we fun. write a column each each week which is uh, it's, it's fun you get to know us and other things we're up to uh, that's patreon.com slash do go on pod yeah be really cool. But yeah, I'd love to hear feedback about the Bond things. And maybe if there are any other Super Bond fans out there, I'd love to know where I should start if I'm going to try and get into it. Yeah. What's a movie that you could convert a guy who's a bit sceptical about it? I reckon Casino Royale because yeah. it's like starting the franchise again. Daniel Craig is great. Yep. Uh, shot well. Shot well. The opening is awesome, so it'll suck you in. And yep. then it's just a great film. Yeah, right, I cool. agree. I might try and watch it and see how that goes. I agree. Um, Can I watch it with you, but just watch you the whole time? Yeah, of course. Great. <laughs> I'd expect nothing less. And all you, you just hear Jess going, huh? Huh? <laughs> but huh? I'd also, like, because I've Such seen pressure. it. I've seen it so many times, I would be saying all the lines with him as well. I'm bleeding chips. Oh, man, Felix Leiter. Felix, Felix, Felix is the best. Felix Leiter. He's a recurring character as well. I'm bleeding oh. chips. Oh, this has become a long episode. Hey, sorry, sorry. I, well, no, I, I think that's part of all of our problem. Mainly me, maybe, because I did the report. But um, before we go, we like to thank some of our Patreon. Patreon. Patrons. Uh, at the end of each episode, it's part of the deal. Uh, people, if they subscribe um, to a certain level or something, I don't get know, Dave, three, Dave figures that shit get out. Get to hear three people maybe say their name. It's very exciting. It is cool, but uh, I really appreciate getting to thank people by name. Yeah, it's I think cool it's... to thank you properly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll kick it off. Uh, we've got three names here. Uh, Rowan Epstein. <gasps> Rowan! Oh, we've definitely sent you a Christmas card. I remember it well. Yeah, I remember writing that one. Great guy. He's in the Schoenberg group. Rowan Epstein. Thank you, Rowan. Big you, Rowan fan. You're an absolute star. I reckon he is He is genuinely a star. And shining brightly in frequent, the night sky. A frequent uh, contributor and supporter. Just an all-round good guy. And um, kind of person that I would love to have uh, in bed with me and Dave. <laughs> I was thinking he could come and we can watch one of the Bond movies, but... Okay, well, you've all made it weird now. Um, somebody that I would really like to thank is a very good friend of ours as well um, and, uh, and a big supporter, big big supporter, just, but not just of the podcast, of us as humans. Oh, mum? Which is lovely. Uh, close. <laughs> it's, it's Emma Lee. Ah, uh, oh, yes, a very close Patreon. Very close Patreon, um, so we want to say thank you. Thank you, Emily. What thank a bloody Emily. super supporter. I think she actually gave us one of our early topics about tattoos. Yes, I do remember her giving us that topic, so thank you, Emma. You're um, you're an absolute bloody gem. Now this. Now, oh, oh. where do I start? Where do I start? A frequent tweeter, frequent supporter, uh, a man that lives in Scotland, 
though, on Twitter is Electric Kiwi. So, very confusing. So it's very confusing. Very confusing. Uh, he's only got his first name here, but I know him well enough from social media that I think I can just go, have a go at the full name here. It is Ross, and I believe it is Ross Barber Smith. Correct. And Ross, I would like to thank you for everything you do. Ross. That was on a it. big three this week. Yeah, oh. huge. Very exciting. Frequent collaborators. Thank you so much. Electric Kiwi. We appreciate that. You're the best. You're the best, Ross. Thanks so much, you guys. What a bloody pleasure. Ross, and, uh, I don't geez. know how you would say it in Scottish. Have accent. we not started the year with a real bang? Oh boy! Yeah, actually, that's a good one to start with. I was—I'm sorry, I got quite passionate at times. It, no, I'm it glad makes you me did. really excited. Because when I got it, I was overwhelmed. Because I'm like, oh, people care so much it's about huge, this. Yeah. I don't, and I hopefully. But it, it's funny how close I get to the topics when I do a report about it. Mm. I now feel involved in Bond, and I reckon when I see another film, I'm going to be right into it. Just yeah. Because I'm—I've sort of like just the more you know sucked up so much of the backstory. Yeah. Well, so def- thank you so much, Alex Cossie, for the suggestion thank and, you, Alex. and the voters who voted it up. You go home and watch Casino Royale. I'm definitely in the mood for a Bond. Might start with Casino Royale. Might just go straight to Skyfall because I just fuck I'm in the mood for Skyfall. But I also don't really remember Spectre for some reason. I'm gonna watch it. So I'm gonna watch that again. I'm gonna oh, watch. Man. I reckon I'm gonna watch Goldfinger. Oh, interesting choice. Yeah. Okay. Love cool. it. Please text me. Um, I'll text you updates. Yes, and please. photos. But and quotes. Genuinely would love to hear uh, what people's favourite songs and bonds are. Yeah. So, so please do get in contact. And until next time, we will say thank you and goodbye. Later. Oh, and I'm going to make a very nerdy James Bond joke here and say, do go on, we'll return. <laughs> what is that? It always says at the end of the James Bond movies, James Bond will return. Yeah, that, that was worth it. Love you. <laughs>